what's making you comfortable. Yeah. Guys, I'm joined by the renowned Matthew Pope. I actually might quit the interviewing burlesque performers after this because it'll all go downhill after <laughs> this. This is probably going to be the zenith. Mind you, Sugar um, Sugar De Jour has said she'd like to do it, and yes. that will be another be, oh. be another peak uh, equal to yourself. Good I'm sure. old Sugar. Yeah. Now, thank you so so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having everyone, Matthew Pope. Hi, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what other sound effects have you got? Oh, I got. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! <laughs> for the loudness of them i did not i didn't have it dialed everyone in with headphones yeah 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 <laughs> my my producer is going to hate me oh, um will that was not on purpose i really apologize for that oh i actually God. did used to like crank the noise up on certain things just to annoy my producer that was a very <laughs> and like he would add in he would actually come in and edit and add things like Alex has a small penis. 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 Alex has a small penis in his own. Oh, yes. Like and so, like, he would get me back for it. So, it was it was a really fun game. Will, if you want to penalise me for that, that is okay. But just know that was not on purpose. That was that was a total fuck up on my part. So, I apologise in advance. Um, anyway, I'd love to talk to you about uh, show rituals. I was talking to some comedians uh, recently mm. about, like, things we do before and after a show. Yeah. Now, like, I have a few of my own preparations I do for yeah. a show like that, so which we'll go into a bit, and then I'll have a few post-show mm. rituals. And the post-show rituals actually depend upon the show. Mm. Um, so, like, do you have any of your own rituals that you go through? I, I think the only rituals would be just doing the like the hour plus warm up mm-hmm. and then making sure that especially during fringe because I will be performing two three sometimes four shows a night that are incredibly strenuous and I have to make sure that my body can last from like 6 p.m. Mm. until midnight and then do the same thing the next day so my rituals are warming up stretching rolling everything out destroying everyone's noses with deep heat mm-hmm. like i am that dickhead mm. when i'm just like sorry everyone <sighs> yeah. just covering myself in it um and then just kind of making sure all of my costumes are set up all of my like props i have my little like list of things that i usually have all in order of when I have to get changed, what order I have to get changed in, just so the show can run smoothly on my end. And then after the show, it's just cooling down, mm-hmm. making sure I've got all the things packed up, knowing what I have to take to wear. And then, yeah, that's pretty much my So it's really just a physical it's, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all physical. It's just making sure that my body can withstand all of the right. all of the strenuousness. And no like mental no mental rituals you go through? Not particularly. When I'm stretching it is kind of like a 
slowly get everything sorted. My mind mm-hmm. kind of calms down. I ease into it. And then once I've got all of my costumes set up, that's kind of like my mental checklist. Right. I can go, cool. I am prepared. Right. I am a professional. If anything goes wrong, I know how to like jump Adapted. into it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not anything like particularly mental. Right. Like if I'm having a really hard show, then I will kind of just like have some water chill, mm-hmm. be in a space where I might get ready sooner than I need to. Yes. Just so I can um, kind of be there in case anyone needs it. But then it's always the first show and you probably get this when you're starting like a season mm. of shows. The very first one, it's just the most terrifying thing. Yeah. I, I am more nervous for the first show than I will be the last show, but I yeah. also feel like the first shows are always the best sellout shows. Really? Yeah, isn't it? Well, in comedy, they seem to be that way. Wow. Um, not an ironclad rule. Yeah. Like, you know, very few rules are ironclad, but mm. it, it does seem to be a fairly good general rule of thumb. Right. Mind you, the show I'm doing for Fringe, it's like, even though it's my brand, mm. that's the front of the show, it's actually not my show. So, uh, Magical. yeah, the David Morgan Brown, shout out David is doing all the grunt work for it. And, uh, he just asked me, he, like, he didn't ask like, oh, we're using the brand. He just asked for an image of my logo. And yeah. He's like, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to use it for the thing. Uh, then I realized it's like, oh no, you named the show after my brand. I was like, I didn't realize you were going to do that. I'm totally okay with it. But yeah. like, that's just comes as a surprise. <laughs> Free promotion though. Yeah. There we go. You'll take yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> now, like, what about post-show rituals? It's like, because I'm, for myself, mm. like to sum up, like I'll paint an image for you yeah, of what yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of. And a lot of comedians have do similar things. So like the day I have a show, I, I mean, I like to go to the gym fairly often um but uh the day of a show like mm. i go train and i train to the point where it's not good for me mm. like because it's more of a mental exercise because i feel like right if i just like if i kill myself doing this yeah if i kill myself i don't have to do the show believe <laughs> but um if i like I, i've overcome something that's probably going to be more difficult than the show do you know what i mean right. so like and even though it isn't, like, the mental hang-up of the show is still bigger, but, like, yeah. I've kind of dulled it down a bit. Yeah. And then post-show, if the show goes well, which luckily I've had a higher rate of success than failure, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if the show goes well, I like to go for one drink afterwards. Yeah. Actually, yeah. if the show goes badly, I go for one You're drink doing- <laughs> But, like, the, it's a different drink. <laughs> show goes well, I go to Exactly. If, it, uh, if the show goes well, I have a cocktail. Yeah. And, oh, uh, fancy. Yeah, yeah. If it goes badly, I have... Either a whiskey, a gin, or a vodka on the rocks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So it's like, that's my ritual. Yeah. Now, granted, people who know me sometimes know that if it's a Saturday or Friday night show, I might do have a little bit more than one drink. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there anything like that for you? Any meal you have afterwards? Any personal rewards like that? Anything like that? For it's yourself? not not particularly. The only thing that I can think of, especially during Fringe, is I'll have my pre-show Red Bull. Right. And that's just... It's awful for the body. But <laughs> everything that I do on stage is terrible as well. So yes. it's like... It's yes. much of a muchness. Yes. Um, post-show... As I said before, if I'm doing another show, Mm -hmm. I will just kind of make sure that I am as prepared as possible Mm -hmm. to finish the show that I'm doing and then go to the next one. Um, If I'm just doing one show, then I will come home and have a bath. 
Right. That's probably the main, like the one thing that I can always... A nice hot bath is going to be lovely on the muscles. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not only is it good to like... Met, like make sure my body is not <laughs> crying the next morning. It's yeah. good to like relax, let everything kind of like settle. Yeah. But it's also good just to like be alone with myself, mm-hmm. just in my own headspace because I'm usually like during the day I'm running around, I'm doing errands, I'm like admining, I'm doing mm-hmm. like training, I'm prepping for classes, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. to just have that time where I can just sit and then just go, oh, like, that's done. Mm. What's on to the next one? Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. the main thing. Right. Just gets hard the fringe when I'm coming home at like oh, I imagine. three a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Get up tomorrow. Imagine. Yeah, well, my boss has given me some time off over fringe, oh, that's and good. I'll be coming home at like six a.m. after fringe shows. Mm-hmm. Mind you, mm-hmm. that will not be because I have a lot of shows to do. <laughs> that will be because yeah. Oh yeah, mm. back at the days when we had the artist bar at fringe, that was dangerous <laughs> because you would literally go there and you would have everyone in one communal spot. You'd have all the circus, all the burlesque, all the comedians, all of like the cabaret people, all the musicians, everyone there. Oh. And you just do the rounds and you it'll take like two hours to like go and say, hi, how are you? How's your show? Good. Next people. Hi, how are you? How's your show? Yeah. And, then you, and then you do that. You get a couple drinks and you go, cool. It's 2am. Let's go. So then you do the back. Oh, we're going by. Love to yeah, see you. Yeah. We're Italian going by. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. then it's like 4am and you're like, fucking hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just been yeah. here for three and a half hours. <laughs> Just saying hello and goodbye to everyone. Oh, I mean, you're nicer than I am. Like, I, I try to be friendly to everyone I go to, but if I had to go around to that many people, I would be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go, like, roll a joint and yep. sit in a yep. corner. Okay? Nowadays, I'm kind of like that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, Matt, do you want to do this? I'm like, nah, fuck nah. off. I need, I need food. I need a bath. I need, that's it. Yeah. I'm like, I've done four shows. Get out. Oh. Now, is it okay to talk, because you, you uh, teach uh, circus performing, yeah. and so, if, like, it's so convoluted, because obviously you do burlesque, mm-hmm. you do circus performing, mm-hmm. you do cabaret, mm-hmm. it's like, if you had to sum up what ultimately you do, would those be just like, did I just sum it up simply, or you, is there anything else you could expand upon uh, it? With? Yes, and no, especially, so, COVID really put my butt into gear with creating and kind of hustling as much as I can Mm -hmm. because of course with COVID everything that I do classes performing it's all physical Mm -hmm. it's all dependent on other students and audiences so once COVID hit it was kind of like oh god what do Mm -hmm. I do now so that really made me really hone in on my brand Mm -hmm. which is now circus coaching Mm -hmm. at Connecticut Circus um performing and then oh, performing in both circus and burlesque. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I did, um, I went to uni for visual art and then I did my honors in performance art right. and cognitive science. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a visual and performance artist. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for years, of course, with COVID, I can't make a living off mm-hmm. of art because it's like a really hard business to tap into. It's a really hard business to tap into yeah. when there isn't a pandemic. Going Absolutely. On. It's, so, it's, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. So I kind of have put that on the back burner, but a lot of my art practices that I did and a lot of the things that I was um, researching have really kind of influenced my performance style in both circus and burlesque. Mm. So overall, I kind of mix artistic styles, mm. whether that is movement from performance art or kind of circus elements 
with a burlesque twist. I kind of just, um, on my like little bio, um, I have like a blended cocktail of performance art circus. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, the best description that I can kind of I, mean, I did the deep see. dive on you yeah. when I <laughs> researched up to this because it's like, I did the deep dive on your Instagram mm-hmm. and then like in the lead up to interviewing you, I was asking a lot of people about you. <laughs> oh God. Don't worry. Oh Literally, God. Everything was amazing. Oh. And that is the honest truth where most of the time I have to say it was mostly amazing. To oh people. yeah. For you, everything was amazing. You know, it's like everyone was saying consummate professional, so hardworking, so talented, like, um, and so positive, bring such a positive energy to any space. And it's like, so yeah, that is literally the word from everyone. Oh, that's good. You know, now I'm very curious to know. So, but you teach as well. Yeah. Now, as a creator and a performer, Mm -hmm. like when you're... uh, teaching someone your art and things like that. Mm. Like, I imagine that, like, you can't teach comedy. I probably never get this sense of fulfillment. Not that I would want to, I would dissuade people from trying comedy. Um, But uh, you teach circus. um, What, like, you must get, like, a real sense of fulfillment from seeing people, like, you know, progress, Mm -hmm. like, achieve a goal Mm -hmm. and something like that. Because you've had to do it all yourself and yep. now you're helping someone else do it. Yeah. Must be a real sense of fulfillment for you. Yeah. So I teach with Connecticut Circus and do heaps of classes mm-hmm. that like are pretty much all aerials and some hand balancing in there. And I've been doing that since, oh, since I was like at least like maybe 15 Right, I think so you've I, been I think doing I, it yeah. since you were 15. I've been doing, I've been like training circus for... Yeah, 15 years now. Yeah. Um, started coaching, I think, kind of like helping out with classes and just being there to like demonstrate things when I was young. And then obviously once I got more training, then I started to coach kind of like independently a couple years down the track. But I've been doing that for so long. I've had so many different types of people, mm. all different um, like nationalities, body types, all different backgrounds coming in and just trying circus sometimes for the first time, sometimes like they want to get more like out of it. And it is really rewarding to see someone kind of go, Oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. And then I get them up in the air and they're like, Oh my God, I'm doing it. Mm. And it's just such an amazing kind of like, yes, like mm. fist pump in the air moment where you're like, fuck yeah, you've done it. I'm happy for you. And yeah. they're really happy as well. So that's one thing. And then having constant kind of students come in and want to keep getting better and get like more and more progressions and then start thinking about performing and start thinking about creating their own routine. That also really is like a great kind of... The next step. Yeah. It's almost like a really fulfilling moment for me as a coach because I can see all of their hard work kind of packaged together in a really, really nice gift. Mm. And actually, like, on Friday, Connecticut has their, like, end-of-year student showcase, which is just a time for all of the classes to kind of, like, if they want to put together a routine and show their friends and family, they can. And then I've got heaps of students who are doing, like, solo solo little routines. Mm. And then, yeah, some people who've been working on their routine for ages. And it is really, really fulfilling to see kind of the growth that all the students have. And it kind of makes me really step back and go, 
oh, all of my students are really, really amazing. I'm really, really happy. Oh, fuck, I have to actually do some training myself <laughs> to make sure that I don't over- overcome what uh, I'm doing. And I'm like, fuck, damn it. Uh, uh, I have some students in my class who are so gorgeous in the air, like beautiful, bendy, flexible. And I'm just like, oh, you're putting me to shame. so <laughs> awful. But yeah, it's really good. I mean, I, I do... I can certainly appreciate when you see people progress around you. Like mm. I say, you can't teach comedy. Yeah. But like... It doesn't matter if you, like, when you see a comedian, like, you know, have a really good show. Yeah. And you see them have a really good show in a way where it's like, oh, they've progressed to the next level. Yeah. You kind of, like, even just as a observer Mm. and not, like, a helper or a trainer, like, I kind of look at it and I go, oh, they've progressed to the next level. Good on them. And it's like, I see that in people who are junior than me, which is a very small list. People who are on my level who is like uh, a few more people than people senior to me, which is a very long list, you know? So, uh, yeah. like, you see them get to that next level, whether it be in terms of their performance or in terms of, like, a commercial upgrade mm. as well. Mm. Because, like, it's it's a very big, powerful sense where it's yeah. like, oh, fucking good on them. You yeah. know, it's like they've been working so hard for so long at that. I'm so happy to see yeah. them progress to the next level. Yeah. You know? So, I can see how, like... As a trainer, like mm. you're, you're even more hands-on, you yeah. know? So it must be a really powerful feeling yeah. for you. And it's also because we're doing aerials. Yeah. So it's that added sense of danger yeah. where you have to make sure that you're explaining everything, you're demonstrating everything, you're ensuring not only the safety of what you're doing to mm. everyone as a class, but sometimes you have to really ensure the safety of like what you're doing to a particular person. Mm. Because someone might have like a fear of heights. And I've had heaps of people. One of my like good friends, she came in and had a fe- like a fear of heights and so we just slowly started working with her like slowly getting her to go higher and higher each time and then like she got to the stage where she was climbing up and down like a seven meter silks like wow and so things like that can really like kind of help progress someone's mental psyche Mm. even even, like even having people who have come in and they're like oh you know this just looks fun but i'm not like that quote-unquote fit I'm like, no, nah, get that out of your head. Every, you, you'll you be able to do this. Like, mm. trust me. And then they get up there, smash it out. And they're like, this sense of accomplishment. And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. What about flexibility? It's like, because it's mm. like, I am someone who competed in boxing for a long time. Yeah. Boxing is like, even though a lot of it is fluid movement, in terms of you the actual to... body mechanics yeah. of it, there's, it's funny, it's a fluid sport, but it's actually kind of rigid in a mm. way too. And then, you know, firefight for eight years. That'll yeah. stiffen up. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. That'll stiffen up everything. <laughs> uh, I'm still recovering. From oh. And then, you know, I like to lift weights and do mm. calisthenics mm. and run and rock climbing. Pretty much anything that will yeah. stiffen up a joint. Yeah. Now, like, how would you go about, like, breaking the ice around someone's joint? It's like, is that like a very progressive thing? It's different for everyone. Right. So... Or body types. Yeah, absolutely. Past histories, what sports they did before. If they have any injuries. Right. Like, we work with, like, I'm, I was on, like, I did, I competed in gymnastics when I was a kid. Hmm. And I, even for, like, that kind of six, seven years that I was doing it, there are still things that I'm like, oh, thank you, Jim. Thank you mm-hmm. for that lovely, like, knee crack. Everything's yeah. just, like, destru- like oh, destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone has a different kind of way about stretching and getting more flexible. 
as a coach, I will always make sure that I'm giving them as much information as I can. Mm. So then they can kind of go, oh, this feels good. I'm going to stay here. Or this doesn't feel good. I'm going to move on. And there's different things you can do, like passive active stretching. That kind of has a different sense of kind of work. If it works for different people's bodies. Yeah, it's a whole weird thing just to kind of slowly break into. And then your body will give you feedback and you'll Mm. say, cool, this didn't work this did work. I'm going to go down that path. Mm. But yeah, it also depends on what you want to do. Mm. If you're like, I haven't done any flexibility training. I want to do a chest stand and get my butt to sit on my head. Mm. It's going to be like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's do just some general yoga. Then we'll get into like (laughs) real complex in like a couple years. Once your body is like not going to physically break. Right. Yeah. Well, this comes to, I want to come on to something more of a, I guess, a mental question about mm. your performing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, comedians, we kind of like, we reveal 95% of ourselves to hide 5%. So, like, that's kind mm. of what I think about comedians yeah. anyway, just from my own observations. Now, in terms of... I've interviewed a lot of drag artists, yeah. a few burlesque artists. Yeah. In terms of all of them, they all seem they're bearing all. Yeah. Now, in one sense, I feel like obviously they do it to express themselves. It's a form mm-hmm. of expression. It's mm-hmm. a form of rebellion in yeah. some cases. And in ones, but again, it's it's a it's a hyper provocativeness mm. and a hyper. I don't know if sexual is the right word, but if I'm landing on it out of lack of anything better to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, What do you think the balancing act from being like... Because obviously they don't want to be hyper-objectified. Yeah. But what do you think the balancing act of audience appreciation Mm -hmm. for physicality and things Mm -hmm. goes in balance, in tandem to like, you know understanding that it's like it's an art form it's a form of expression yeah. it's a form of yeah. rebellion in some cases what do you think the balancing act of that is you know it's it is a tricky one because it's kind of i i've worked with heaps of drag queens and like all kind of aspects of drag kings queens all of them mm-hmm. um and it is i think at least from my understanding and this is once again different person to person in my understanding it is all about expression right if you go on stage you want to express yourself or a different aspect of yourself that doesn't get kind of as enough kind of it doesn't get to be showcased in your day-to-day life so as an audience to appreciate that even by a simple clap that will give that performer that kind of satisfaction. Right. And it ticks it off. With burlesque, it is kind of, I have seen it be quite a hard balance because you do get the audiences that know burlesque, that are here for burlesque, that know when to cheer, know when to clap, know when to hoot and holler, and they are respectful. But then you get the audiences who don't know what burlesque is and just think it's like people taking their clothes off for Mm. the, like for the, basically for the satisfaction of just the audience. Right. When it is like drag, where the burlesque performer, it's the satisfaction for themselves. Right. It is one of those things where you are in most cases 
literally bearing all. Yeah. Like stripping down in front of strangers. Mm -hmm. So the balancing act is kind of making sure that you're expressing yourself while kind of being true to yourself and also making sure that you are proud of what you're expressing or mm-hmm. what you're expressing. Right. Because I kind of, when I perform, especially burlesque, I want to make it an extension of myself. Right. And that goes for everything that I do. I don't have a stage name. Mm-hmm. I use my own legal mum, dad gave me the name. And Very brave of you. Yeah. Mm. No, because that's because when I was thinking of, when I was starting to get into performing more, I, I had so many people being like, you need a stage name. What's your stage name? You need a stage name. What's your stage name? And I was like, I don't need a stage name because it's not, it's not a different side of me. Mm. It is still myself, but I'm just heightening it. Right. I'm just like building upon my own kind of like personality, my own style, aesthetic, all that. So when I perform on stage, because I'm not expressing a different side of my kind of identity, I want to make sure that I'm showcasing like the heightened, most like uplifting, powerful version of Matthew Pope that I can. Right. And the kind of balancing act between doing that and making sure it is not only true to myself, but also can be entertaining for an audience. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many times where I've had an idea and being like, no. I can't perform that because no one will get it in the audience or like no one is going to understand the very, very, very niche like reference that I want to reference. Right. So it's kind of a bit tricky to not only get a clap from the audience, but to get a clap from yourself. Right. That makes sense. Right. I I, I see. Mm. So, and then, no, that pretty much answers my question in that regard. Do you think it's also a balancing act because... I find, like, the comedians say obscene things on stage, right? Um, Sometimes, not all the time, like, I've had wonderful experiences with Mm. audience members and now, like, I've had people come up to me on different nights other than shows. They come up to me on, like, different... And you'll be like, we saw you there. And I'm like, that's so awesome. Somebody came up and said hi. But, like... I think a lot of audience members struggle to, as a comedian, Mm. go like, this person isn't this fucking obscene foul mouth person on stage all the time, you know? You know, sometimes he's with his family, Mm -hmm. sometimes he's with his friends, and Mm -hmm. sometimes he dials it back. Yeah. And most audience members are very respectful some of them are a bit presumptuous i don't hold yeah. it against them um because at the end of the day i do think it's like well i've chosen to bear that on stage yes i have to take some ownership for yep. it as well yeah you know um so it's it's not something i choose to ever hold against an audience member like yep. i'm not criticizing them but i, I do think like when, yeah, they come up to you and it's like, picture, this is what I'm picturing, mm. you know, where it's just like, you get a less than respectful audience member comes yeah. up to Matthew Pope. Yeah. It's like, Matthew Pope, you're so fucking sexy. <sighs> it's like, I want to suck your dick and like something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously that's not the reaction you were going for. <laughs> obviously that's like the, the not yeah. what you're pushing for. Yeah. But in another sense, do you think it's like, well... 
that is the extreme case of audience members. Yes. But I also have to take some ownership for yeah. it because of what I bear on stage. Yes. It is. And like, I couldn't 100% get it from a comedian standpoint. You are putting yourself out there on stage hmm. in a really kind of vulnerable spot. And what I've found going to like a lot of comedy shows, it creates this kind of space that some audience members feel like, oh, I can, I can heckle. Mm -hmm. I can say what I want. I can do this when it's like, yes, you can in some scenarios, but then off stage, you don't do that. Yeah. Off stage, if they see you like, like at the shops, mm. it needs to be respectful. Mm-hmm. For at least, well, for drag queens, mm -hmm. most of the time, like, or drag artists, drag kings and queens and everyone else in between, it is a little bit easier for them to kind of be, I think, I, it's like kind of like day walkers. So, yeah, pretty much. Because they're not in like the full shebang and they're not completely like done up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can be recognized like in or out of drag by random people, but it is a little bit easier to kind of have that kind of disconnection between an audience member coming up to you on the street and having a moment or doing it after a show. Because mm -hmm. usually after a show, they're still in that respectful state. Mm -hmm. With me, because I don't have that much differentiation between my onstage no, look Matthew poses, Matthew and then <laughs> offstage look, mm -hmm. it, it, I have had a lot of people come up to me like on the street, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. I've had people be like, I'm like really sorry to just kind of like waste your time. But like, I saw you in a show and I, you know, again, compliment me. And I'm always like, thank you. That means a lot. But I have had other people like come up to me drunk at like Connie's or the court. I mean, like, mm, you perform on stage. I saw you in a fringe show. Latch onto me. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I'm not performing right now. Mm. Thank you. Goodbye. And then they don't obviously understand that I don't want to be touched. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, it is hard, but for, and if you're talking about audience members, the one thing that has to always be in the forefront of their minds is respect and mm -hmm. consent, especially. Yes, yes. It must happen to comedians all the time where you get after a show and you're like meeting everyone, you'll get those people who are just there to cause trouble. You will have the same thing with burlesque performances where you'll have those people who just think that because they've seen you bear all on stage, they then have a right to either kind of heckle, go in for the hug, touch, kind of in a certain case, do things outside of what the normal realms of pretty form. much. Yeah, yeah. Outside of like respect. Yeah. And that's when you want to really make sure that as an audience member, you are, you can go in for a hug. You can go in for a, like a little like picture. You yeah. can go in to compliment, but you just have to make sure that you're respectful yeah, and yeah. always ask. Most most of the audience members that I've had good feedback yeah. from like are wonderful. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, at comedians' mm. performances, yeah. like there's this show they do at the Comedy Lounge called The Gong Show. Yeah. And like um, it's where it, it's it's honestly like if you can survive the gong show, you can survive any type of show. Because yeah. the comedian gets three minutes on stage. Ooh. Two minutes of immunity. Um, but after two minutes, they can be voted off stage. Off. 
And like the way the audience votes them off is by holding up plates. Oh, and so like, yeah, that's fun. It's it's it can be brutal. Like I've just gotten good at ignoring the plates. Yeah, because the minute you notice the plates, then, it throws you off. Absolutely. Whereas now, like now, I just carry on with my set. Yeah. And like so, I've I've and I've had good shows there. I pulled in third one time with Matthew Pope and uh, Fabo Sashima. Great, great comedians. I thought, I couldn't believe I was sharing the stage next to them. I was like. What the fuck am I doing up here? You know, but like I was, yeah, that was uh, Martin Darcy and uh, did I just say your name? I think so. Oh no, I'm not I was, I was right. like, me. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another Matthew? Is there another? No, Who no. are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, Martin Darcy, a great, great, greatly offensive comic, but very good friend of mine. Uh, he's so so funny, but yeah, he's truly amazing. And Thabo Sashima was also amazing. So. But also, audience changes, and yeah. it's no greater like sign of it than yeah. the gong show. Yeah, because I do one set, mm. like, and it crushes and it kills, and the audience love it. Next week, same set, different D- result. Yeah, you know, uh, so it's it's very different in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, after a show, like when you get like a mixed reaction. Yeah. Like, where it's just enough to get you gonged off stage. Because yeah. it doesn't need to be a majority vote to get you off stage. It just yeah. needs to be 10 or 15 plates. Yeah. Um, in a room where there's, like, 50 plates can yeah. potentially go up, you know? Oh. So, uh, but I've had people come up to me after I've been gonged off and they say, I can't, you were the funniest one I found. Mm. And it's like, you know, you were amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. I enjoyed it. The people who, and I've seen this, there are people who I've seen... And I watch from the audience. Yeah. And I can see the people who put their plate up for nearly every Everyone. act. <sighs> and then I see them leave. And they leave hastily without talking to anyone. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, you're a fucking coward. Yeah. You know? It's yep. like, not only could you not have the balls to get mm-hmm. up on stage mm-hmm. ever in your life. Yeah. You can't, like, hack a joke. Yep. You can't hack a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... You can't even make your fucking offence known yeah. leaving. Yeah. It's like, oh, we offended you, and yeah. now you're actually too much of a coward to At let least your offence be heard. Do a great show. Yeah. Thank you yeah. as you're leaving. Yeah, 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 Just yeah, to yeah. show that, like, I had fun. I put my plate up for everyone because that's what I could do as an audience member. But yeah. I still respect and, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, did that. You get the same thing. I have had the same exact experience when the, like, Barbie... Um, Q, who was hosting Sensuality, she saw that these, I can't, I think it was like a couple, mm-hmm. and they just had their drinks on the stage, they had their feet up, yeah. and they were just like, it's not your lounge room. And Barbie, like, fully was like, this isn't happening. Like, get your shits together. Mm. We are doing a show mm. for you. We are here in person. Mm. Like, show some respect. Yeah. And then I, we were all standing there, and I saw them just like go, yeah. dart downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were like, obviously, they could have been embarrassed, but. Come on now. Mm. Don't put your drinks up on stage and have your feet crossed on the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. while we are walking up and down them. Like, during the opening act, I'm there going, are you just going to keep your feet on the stairs when we are physically in front of you? Yeah, performing? fuck off. I'm like... Yeah. And then, because in that show, I was doing aerial silks. Mm-hmm. And I had, a, like, a really long silk. And I could, like, potentially, like, if I hit it, uh, like, threw the silk out far enough, I could hit, like, the first audience members in the front row yeah. and some of them were like oh this is exciting oh my mm. gosh it's so close lol 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 but then once again he had his feet on the stairs and i was like mate yeah physical get off the yeah. stage yeah. like Ugh. um but yeah uh, same thing with audience members especially at burlesque shows you will have those people who just don't get it mm. and not everyone has to get burlesque and there will be some burlesque kind of artists that do something really artistic 
and like experimental. Like one of my good friends, Essie Foxglove, she is a perfect example of someone who is such a insanely talented artist in both like on stage as a burlesque performer and then off stage as a visual and performance artist as well. She really blurs the line and the boundaries between high concept art and oh it's a fun noise love that stunning Mm. (laughs) sorry about that it's all good um yeah she blurs the lines between high concept art and burlesque Mm. and so obviously when the average joe comes to see it and they sit back in their chair with their three pints and they're like i didn't understand it Mm. it's like obviously it's fine you don't have to just give them a clap and respect yeah but then you have those people who will take the time out to be like, oh yeah, I didn't understand your act. And then as they leave, mm. and I've had that before, where they've just gone, oh yeah, or the, oh, oh. you have those people who in the line of performers go around, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, skip. Mm. You're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing. Yeah. And that gets me going. Yeah. I get so mad. Mm. It, even when someone like locks eyes with someone. Yes. And they go directly to them when there are performers literally next to them Mm. and they don't acknowledge their existence. That's not okay. You don't have to be like, you were amazing. These are all the reasons why I love you. Just do like, oh my God, you were so amazing. I loved you. Oh, well done. You two are fantastic as well. And then leave. That's fine. Mm. But yeah, always a fun time playing around and seeing the audience members Mm. that you kind of are like, are you going to cause trouble? Well, I, are you not? <laughs> you say, it, it's so funny you bring up don't understand something because I remember thinking about this, talking about this with someone recently where we were talking about where it's like, you know, <laughs> we're kind of not designed to understand everything yeah. as humans. Yeah. But like, like understanding and mm. appreciation are yeah, two not things. the yeah. same thing, yeah. you know? Sometimes they go hand in hand, yeah. but they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, like, uh, so, you know, I, I, I won't say the name of the performer or the performance they did, um, but needless to say, I didn't really get it. Mm. Um, but I could still see that they had put a lot of effort into the yes. performance, the yes. choreography, yeah. the style, the makeup, mm. the outfits. I could see they had put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. So on one level, I could actually still really appreciate it yeah. for the effort. Absolutely. The symbolism, the uh, the meaning behind mm-hmm. it, didn't really get it. Yeah. But like, that's on me as an audience member. That's not on them as yeah. a performer. Yeah. And that's the other thing I think is, is important to... I mean, look, I, I, I truly feel like, certainly as a comedian, you kind of need to treat your audiences as the most ignorant people in the world. And you're kind of, you have to assume that of them. <laughs> yep. You can't assume that yep. they're, you know, as amazing as Matthew Pope. Yep. Oh, um, but, uh, stop it. Yeah. The, uh, so when you assume that, you, you, you've kind of got a blank canvas with yeah. them. But certainly as like, someone who performs, I can certainly go and look at other performances and go like, um, like I didn't understand everything about that, but I can see where the effort was put in. And that's, and that's all that you need to do. Like Mm. I've definitely been in exactly that same scenario where I've like, look, I don't, I didn't get it. I don't really like, you know, didn't kind of understand what they were going for, but I loved this, 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 and I can see that they put their whole heart and soul into it. So yeah. that is enough for me. Yeah. That is absolutely enough for me. Um, same thing with like circus and burlesque 
you kind of, there's like this, like this rule that you kind of go, if you are trying to convey either a storyline or a concept, you need to try and spell it out for Mm. the audience member and don't assume that the audience members know what you're trying to do. Mm. Like treat them as like toddlers. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Cause you have to like hold their hand and be like, this is what the character is. This is where they're going. And this is what we're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially with like doing sensuality, for example, we are doing so many different kind of types and themes of acts that there was one time where for sensuality, uh, six on the beach, we were doing like, it was all like a beach themed, like kind of tropical vacation kind of show. And I was doing wrath as a cyclone right? and I had to try and convey, I was a campy cyclone coming in to like ruin everyone's day. And so I had sugar du jour as like a, like a beach goer. And then I had like, like a song playing and then it would have like a big thunder, like sound effects in there just to try and like literally spell it out to the audience members to be like, he is a storm or he's a cyclone because there's thunder and lightning. And then a, um, a two cellos version of ACDC's thunderstruck played. And so it was like ticking off all of the aspects. Yeah. Just to make sure the audience kind of like understands, but they won't sometimes, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just there to sit back and clap and have a couple drinks. Exactly. And it's easy. And it also is quite funny. You probably get this a lot where people think, like, oh, I can do that because comedians are from a general, like, kind of like from a random average Joe standpoint, they're just on stage and like making jokes, but there is so much more that goes into that. Mm. Same thing with burlesque. Mm -hmm. People can view it as like, oh, they're just taking clothes off, but it's like, no, they are doing something so much more than that. They're like teasing. They are creating all their costumes themselves. They're doing their own makeup. They're like mixing music. They're editing like all of these kind of like aspects together for Mm. one performance not to be scrutinized by someone to actually be ex- like respected. Yeah. So yeah you yeah, probably yeah. have the same thing. With- well, d- to be honest with you, I, d- this is where one thing I think like where comedians do get the modicum of respect that they do yeah. probably a little bit too much more than we do actually <laughs> is, uh, is where so many audience members, come to shows and mm-hmm. they come up and they say, I could never do I could that. never, yeah. And they say things yeah. like, that, that is, you hear that more often than I could do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, the closest you get to it is I wouldn't mind giving it a try. Yeah, you that's know? good. And like, but I hear about it and I think there was some, there was a comedian who actually did a joke about it and it was a really funny joke. But like, yeah, comedians, people come up to you and they're like, it's, oh, I could never do what you do. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you're so intelligent, so brave for being able to say those things on stage mm-hmm. as you do. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you do? And it's like, oh, I'm a lawyer. And it's like, I couldn't fucking I do that, yeah, idiot. I don't fucking yeah. know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it's like, I'm a barely functioning misfit. <laughs> On, like, with a microphone. Yeah. And it's like, and you fucking read endless amounts of textbooks. You study. You, like, prepare for cases and things like that. I don't do that. I just give voice to the noises in my head, you know? (laughs) And it's like... Yeah. yeah. It's... I've had the same kind of thing where you've had people be like, oh, I could never do that, blah, blah, blah. And it... It is one of those things where I do the same thing as you. I would normally get from like my own personal experience. I get more of that than, oh, I could do that. But I've been in like, I've been in audience audiences where I've heard that yeah, yeah, trickled yeah. out. And it's, it does suck because it's like, okay, do it. 
Yeah. Go off, give it a go. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same thing. I've had so many people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, amazing, amazing. Oh, oh I'm, I'm like, are you seeing any more shows? Like, oh no, I'm a doctor. I've got work in the morning. Mm. And it's like, I, oh, that's insane. Mm. That is insane. The fact that you made time you, for this. You made you time know? for this. Like, how are you? Like, yeah. oh my God. And then it's like, I just chuck some rhinestones on a costume and get my dick out. And I'm yeah. like, I couldn't fucking, <laughs> I don't know what is happening on yeah. like, the inside of my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I fucking, it's, it, I mean, I always feel, I always say there's a certain nobility in performing yeah. because, you know, performers and, you know, different performing entails different things. Yes. Right? But at the end of the day, I think the main thing that all performers that unite all performers yeah. is letting the audience forget their troubles for a few hours. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. it's like, that's what we owe the audience yeah. at the end of the yeah. night, you know? And uh, even if they don't like the show, you know what? They're going to forget about their troubles for an audience because yep. I guarantee you, on the drive home, they're going to be shitting on my performance, yep. you know? Yeah, they're going to be ranting and yeah, raving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I've still kind of you've, fulfilled you've my You've done your job. You've yeah. done your job. Um, so the that's kind of what I think mm. unites us. So... While it's un- unnecessary in terms of running a society, I do think there's an, an element of nobility in getting on stage and letting people, yeah. you know, sort of like... Because reality is we make them forget their troubles to a certain extent, yeah. especially in like alternative performing in comedy yeah. burlesque. It's like in terms of the big stuff you see on TV, yeah, I kind of think that's... To really make us forget about the big problems yeah. and like yeah. things we should be worried about and things <laughs> like that. But in terms of small local comedian performances, yeah. I really feel like they help people forget about the things that really are out of their control in their own personal life. It's like yeah. th- those problems are not as big as they seem, you know. Mm. So especially on the local scene. And, Absolutely. And, and yeah. So that's that's kind of the nobility I get from yeah. it. I did want to move on to one more question yeah. in regards to um, what do you personally want to see more in your area of performing? <gasps> oh, it's a very, it's a very loaded question. I don't answer it if you don't want. <laughs> it leaves. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I think it is happening. But for me, I would just love to see more performers, and I, and I, and I extend this with circus with burlesque with drag Mm. and like you could probably take it in like the comedic kind of aspect as well it's just having the performer let go Mm. and just see what happens yeah i i have a really kind of interesting kind of performing style where i don't typically like to make the exact same cookie cutter performance Mm -hmm. and do it every single night. I always like to play around a little bit because the audience will be giving me different levels of reaction. So Mm. I will play to them. If there's something that doesn't go right, I will be able to fix it. If there's something that goes really well and I'm like ahead of the music, I'll be like, Oh cool. What do I do now? Mm. I really like to kind of make a, almost like a skeleton Mm. of a performance. And then on stage in the moment, I'll flesh it out. That's I really like your sense of letting go. Yeah. Um, because I can kind of relate to it. But I was criticised by one person recently. It's like you tell you tell like the same 
six jokes from a stage performance on the podcast all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's because those are the ones I can fucking tell I on Spotify. Like I yeah, like them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like them, but yeah. it's like, you realize why I don't record all of my sets when you come to my show yeah. and hear some of the things I say. Um, it's like, they're questionable to say. Yeah. Like, I can... And it's like, people raise eyebrows at the things I say in the podcast. Yeah. You know, and it's like, guys, you <laughs> Honey. barely touched. Yeah, it's like tip of the iceberg, uh. you know? So, um, in one sense, but like, I'd love to do more... Com- that, that's why I like interviewing comedians. Yeah. Because comedians just have that ability to let each other it, go. Yeah. And like, when I have a comedian on, we just end up saying like, oh, this... I'm sure this would be a war crime in some countries, you know, you know, like, you know, it's like, we we really go for it when we're around one another. Yeah. But, um, oh God, I've got that interview with Martin Darcy coming out soon. Oh God. Yeah. We we both said things on there. I thought maybe we should edit. I consulted with him and I was like, do you want anything edited? And he was like, he thought like, no. And I was like, okay. Okay. And I'm be like, I'm perfectly okay with that. Get the fringe bookings. Yeah. (laughs) Confirmed now. Yeah. (laughs) Get them all out of the way and be like, yep, cool. Yeah. Can't go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign the contract. Gosh, yeah. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind of, I do want to see more performers let go because I have seen some kind of hide behind the mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. this step, take this off, do this, go here, smile, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, it's great to see. And it is good as a kind of mechanism of coping when you are going on stage, which mm-hmm. is terrifying. Yeah. And I do want to see more performers be like, I just want to have fun. Yeah. And I'm just going to go out there and not give a shit because mm-hmm. that is when... Magic a, happens. That's, yeah, that's when from like a performer kind of what from one performer to the other, I can see who they are. Mm. And I'm just like, that is what I want. And mm. I just recently judged um, Crown of the Court. Yes. Which was so much fun. And like, same kind of thing. When you see those, like, those like drag artists just do what they do mm. and just like perform because they want to perform and they're performing almost for themselves. It's just... It's so inspiring. Now, it was Mary Lamb of God who won. Yeah, yeah Mary yeah. killed it. Yeah. All, all of the drag performers killed it. I've interviewed uh, Skyscraper and yes. like Cassette and Jackson Coke. Oh! And, uh, yeah. Like, Jackson! I love Jackson yeah. so much. I yeah, teach yeah. them aerials. Yes, they yes, come yes. to Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I love them. And Blake, insanely bloody beautiful and talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Skyscraper is just like, oh. Scott, Skyscraper is <laughs> just an icon. We, we, we catch up and message every so often. Skyscraper... I won't say this. Personal name. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Skyscraper is actually... It's so funny what you performance uh, performers let on versus yeah. what they hide from, yeah. people, like, from the general population. Yeah. And, like, obviously, Skyscraper is going around and it's this flamboyant, extravagant, giant fucking person. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, Skyscraper, like, when you actually uh, talk to them, Mm. like, incredibly, incredibly intelligent. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people are smarter than you give them credit for, but Skyscraper is, like, really one of the top echelons. Like, they... 
they blow me away with like how respectful, yeah. how well thought out what they say is sometimes when I'm yeah. talking to them, how funny they are off the bat. So funny. You know, so, so funny. like, yeah, Skyscraper is, it's like, Skyscraper kind of blows me away with their intelligence. Yeah. Um, all, like all drag in queens. A, you know, in a, in a room where drag queens where like, God bless them all. They're all so lovely. Yeah. But Drag queens do fucking ditzy things oh my God. all the all fucking the time. time. All like, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you're looking at them and it's like, how have you survived this <laughs> yeah. long? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all all drag artists, like, some, some when, I'm, when I'm talking to them out of drag, it's just like, it's so great because you can get so much... I, I feel like I can kind of understand them as a person and understand, right. as, understand them as a performer. And then when you merge those two things together, and I think that's what's happened. That's what happens when you like let go. Yes. You kind of merge your two like identities into this one. And I think it's almost kind of like, in a sense, it's doing the same thing that I strive to do, which is just be this heightened mm. version of myself. Mm. And I do feel like when performers do let go, it kind of gives that. Right kind of energy and yeah I don't know it's just one of those things where I'm always like so excited to see yes. when a performer's just you can tell they are having fun and they are doing what they want to do and they're doing it for themselves yeah and the audience is just there with them along for the ride mm. having the best time in the world mm. like that is just so so exciting it's yeah. so good to see no it's 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 pretty incredible yeah 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 um I mean I equate it to like when I go out on stage, it is a waste of time if I don't try out at least one new job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, great. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to butter the crowd up mm-hmm. with some things I know that goes well because mm-hmm. I owe them that much. You yep. know, I owe them at least one good laugh. Yep. Then I'm going to take back. I'm going to like take a second for myself. And yep. it's like, hey, I think this fucking joke is funny. What do yeah. you people think? You know? Yeah. And uh, so I do think it's, I, I do think performers owe themselves to make at least part of the performance, something for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Obviously, you want to include yeah. the audience. You want the audience to enjoy it as well. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's like at the end of the day, you've got to yeah. create something that you enjoy as yeah. well. You yeah. Know? Because well, that translates to the audience a lot of the time as yeah. well. Like I'll have my I'll have my skills that I will whip out mm-hmm. that I know are like impressive, that are good, that I've trained for. But then I will always do like have a little sequence that I don't have anything planned for, just because mm-hmm. I want to feel yeah. i want to react to the audience how they are reacting to me i want to have that really nice kind of like circular kind of like appreciation like yeah. they're appreciating what i'm doing i'm then appreciating their appreciation and then it's just this big old circle moment mm. of fun times sweet yeah beautiful <laughs> fantastic <laughs> now what i want to come back to you so like you mess you you said that you had done performing well uh more circus performing yeah uh since you were 15 mm-hmm. was there any like pre-performing that you did before that ballet dance no like that? no i wish i did ballet it would make my life so much fucking easier now um but I think your feet would thank you. Oh, my feet, my knees, my lines, everything would be lovely. I'm still mad that my parents didn't just force me to do ballet, even though it's not something that I wanted to do. I was like, how dare you? Um, but yeah, I've been doing, I've been training. I started doing circus when I was 11. Mm-hmm. So prior to that, I had gymnastics. I was right. doing gymnastics. So I was like, 
a little energetic kid that my mum and dad would just like had to figure out a way for me to exhort, exert myself mm-hmm. so that I would come back home and not be like an absolute energizer bunny. Mm-hmm. And I loved gymnastics. I loved doing flips and everything like that and would just do it, do it, do it, do it. And then I started to compete and it was, and it was good. It was really, really fun. Love to compete because I was winning. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh. fuck those other competitors. (laughs) (laughs) Small little children, like get out. Um, yeah. And then I saw Cirque du Soleil. You you, you guys think you'll perform Matthew Pope is in the fuck out. Six-year-olds just, like, punching each other out. Oh, I can do a better split. Um, (laughs) Then I saw, yeah, I saw Cirque du Soleil and I was like, hold on a minute. What is this? What is this fun time? Like, everyone's going upside down, but, like, on an apparatus. And they're doing silks and it's insane. And then I did a, like, a two-week little course training with circus. And that was just, ever since then... I was set. It's one step after yep. another. I was like, I want to do this. Mm. And then I quit gymnastics because I was like, fuck them all. Too good for them. <laughs> and then, yeah, I started to train circus and then kept doing that over time. Um, kind of the, some of my coaches broke away and started their own circus company called Kinetica. And that's kind mm. of how Rebecca and Sarah founded Kinetica. And then, yeah, they taught me how to coach. I would coach with them. I would coach with other people. And then like Sully started to get more experience, more training on how to properly coach, did that. And then I've just been training ever since, mm. which is really good. And then from that time, just slowly found my own style, found what I like to perform, found how I like to perform, and then just start to really like build upon mm. that. It, it It's funny. I want to get your thoughts on this mm-hmm. because someone recently said to me like i've been doing comedy for six months and like i'm i'm actually at a like a pretty good rate of progression yeah and that's mainly because i i take pride in uh creating my own opportunities yeah you know um nothing worse than waiting around for something to be given for you you yeah um but uh so i i kind of liked and had fun creating my own opportunities and making collaborating with other people Mm. creating opportunities for them People come up to me and be like, oh, you know, you're, you're progressing and, so, and you're starting to be taken seriously as an entertainer. Yeah, mm. like X, Y, Z, you know? And then it's like, what? Really? And then, but, and then it's, it's also, it's like, no, I'm still figuring it out, yeah. you know? And it's like, I mean, you've been doing this for, you've been doing your art yeah. so much longer than I have of mine. But like, I hear other people say that and it's like, and it's like, and it, other people are like, no, I just can't believe I've gotten this far. Like, yep. I'm still figuring out the next move. Yep. It's like, you know, like, yeah. do you find that too? I do find that. I do. I give myself, like, I think it's important for everyone to kind of pat themselves on the back and give them one thing. So I do give myself credit for training and working so hard in circus. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been training and, like, spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of energy into circus. Mm-hmm. Um, and burlesque is relatively new for me as well. Like I, I think Carl Chaos and I did uh, like our first little burlesque routine together back in Fringe in like 2016 or 17 or something. And I think that was the first time I ever like took clothes off on stage Mm. in like a just burlesque setting. And then from there would kind of like do the occasional burlesque number but it was never exclusively burlesque and it wasn't until 20 2020 
mm-hmm. that I did my first pure burlesque routine. Right. So I've only been doing like, I've only been really doing burlesque. I would consider for two years. And everyone already thinks you're amazing. And yeah, I've had really good opportunities, really good, like really, really thankful to be able to perform in a place like Perth mm-hmm. where there's so many opportunities, so many amazing people, so many like creatives that I am inspired. I am asking questions. I'm like, you know, collaborating with, and then to go on and win Mix Burlesque Western Australia mm. was like such a highlight for me because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, fuck, I'm kind of a burlesque foreman performer yeah. now. Oh, shit, I have to put that on my fucking CV, mm. chuck that on the website, mm. tick it off, tick it off. Um, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, was, it, is, it is weird when you kind of have those little kind of like highlight, career highlight kind of moments mm. to go... Oh yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. doing that. But yeah, you probably have the same thing when you oh, have like, people come up. When 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 I got asked to appear on someone else's fringe show, mm. I was like, Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you you <laughs> you're the right person, <laughs> yeah. You know? So like uh to get off of that was like, wow, yeah, you know, to be offered to do something and like which, that, that was incredibly nice. Yeah. Um, we but are it, coming up to the hour that yeah. you've allotted for, which oh. I'm so thankful for. Oh, thank I you. do want to play one last uh, thing before we go yes. into plugs. Yes. So I want to, I'm going to quickly sound off some names who oh, people I know you have performed with. Oh, God. And people I know, and all these people have a very high opinion of you. <laughs> um, I've met some of these people. Ah. I've interviewed a lot of these people, and I have interviews scheduled for some of them. Okay. So, like, just... Say the first thing that comes to mind when I say the name. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll try and make it different because I'll be like, stunning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alexis Armstrong. Oh, heaven. 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 All right. Barbecue. Icon. Icon. Iconic. Ruby Jewels. Oh, so fucking beautiful. So beautiful. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a nice person as well. Mm. Oh, I love Ruby. Ruby Jewels and uh, Sugar Du Jour. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> she loves her. I love her. We are like, oh, we are two people that found each other. Mm. And the world is just really mad that we did. <laughs> we get we, along too well. Oh, yeah. We are just, I, every time I see Sugar, I want to do one thing and I want to make her laugh so hard that she cries her makeup off. Mm. That's like my goal every time I see her. And... We have just become, like, the best of friends because we both have so much, like, so much kind of, like, presence Mm. when we want to get on stage because I think she's the same person that she wants to create a heightened version of herself Mm. when she's on stage. And I have looked up to her for so long. Mm. Like, I remember seeing her in a friend show being like, she's incredible. Mm. And then to have, like, the absolute, like, honor of being like of her really good friend and Mm. to work with costumes with her for her to help me for me to help her for us to like collaborate and do things together it's been like such an amazing experience Mm. and she's like the first person i'll go to be like so tell me if this is a dumb idea (laughs) and i have rattled off some ideas and she's like matthew no you are going to physically kill yourself (laughs) and i'm like nah but it's fine yeah 
Oh, for the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, get yeah. paid. Yeah, I'll get paid. Yeah, but right. <laughs> I've got public liability. I've got my insurance. Oh, right. fucking Get hell. myself some, get paid a little bit more for duck. God, I'm sensing duck. a character behind this voice. That this is do. my, this is my, like, this is my straight voice. Right. Essentially. Right, okay. It's my straight voice. And is it an I... inspiration from, like, a hometown? I'm sensing a hometown kind of no, character No, it's just Aussie bloke Australia. Right. When we're just, like, I'll always go to Sugar and be like we shuggy hear me out hear me out. hear me out yeah if i make a dress out of glass and i shatter it on my body will i die <laughs> that kind of stuff like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking shit you not shit you not <laughs> i fully sat will down fully sat down and i was like hmm this is a fun song it has like a glass shattering sound effect if i make a dress out of glass and i yet get a hammer and i just break it will i die hmm answer is maybe maybe yeah like when i was doing um when i was doing performance art and visual art i was so inspired by some performance artists like yeah, just bear in mind i want to before i yeah interrupt <laughs> this is some these are things i would think of while on acid yeah 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 pretty much yeah, welcome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome to my brain nice i love yeah. it i love it yeah um yes yeah, so I, I was really inspired by some performance art Artists like um, Mike Parr and Marina Abramovic, who are very famous. And I did a piece called Barbed Wire Hula Hoop, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it sounds. And I have it literally hanging up. It's got some fancy Christmas lights around it because she's a girl. She's just stunning. Um, Yeah, it's in there. I'll show you later. Thank you. So it's basically like it was a religious kind of like repetitive, monotonous kind of mm-hmm. performance art piece that I did years ago. And then Essie Fox Club asked me to do Worship the Show. And that was a really cool concept of like merging circus performance, um, drag, burlesque, fire into high concept art. Yes. And I did the piece for Worship this year. I think we did it. Memento Vivari, I think. I don't know. The world. Too much time. Hate it. Um, Did it for them. And I was thinking, I was like, hmm, I don't get that many scars and cuts when I'm doing my barbed wire hula hoop. Well, how can I make it more? How can I make it? Oh, razor wire. Oh, God. Yeah, that reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That I had that. that, So that's the kind of thought process that my fucking brain comes up with. I feel like what we need to do... Is Someone to be watching me well, all no, the time. What, what, what we should do, because <laughs> I feel like this is, this is a similar dynamic I have <laughs> with another comedian friend of mine, Sean Frenero. Mm-hmm. Really, really funny comedian. Yeah. But him and I have the same dynamic where I say, Sean, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this joke? And I tell him and I'm like, Alex, it is funny. <laughs> You will get a lot but, of hate for yep, it, you yep, know, and, yep. and, and, I'm, and it was like, maybe, maybe wait a few more yep, years for yep. that one. It's like, make, and, and, sit on that. Yeah. And it's sit like, it. this is, I feel like we have a very similar uh-huh. dynamic of uh-huh. conversation. So, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm always, we are those people yeah, who think of those bizarre Pretty much. Things, yeah. I, my brain yeah. scares me and then I'll have to go, okay, no, that, stop, take a seat, take a breath. You will kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 In my case, it's like, stop, take a breath. Other people will kill we'll you. Will kill yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they So, have... yeah. And then, so you, you and I are that people. And yeah. then Sean Frenero and Sugar Du Jour, God bless them. Yeah. Those people. We'll do a double date podcast. Yeah, we, we should. That, oh, oh, fuck. Oh. Christ. Chaos. 
absolute Ab- madness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what fun. Um, now, two more performers. Yeah. Uh, Donna Kebab. I have to mention Donna Kebab because Donna was the first drag I ever yeah. interviewed. Yeah. yeah. Truly one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. So always coming up with like performances and acts and looks and aesthetics that are just so cool. Mm. They're so cool. Yeah. Like I, and they're like, once again, loveliest fucking person. Mm. All drag performers are lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of irritating. Yeah. Like, Good humored too. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like it's because they, they participate in something that is, I don't think it's a taboo anymore, but certainly something to raise an eyebrow at. Yeah. And it was a taboo for a long time. And yeah. I feel like we still inherit a lot of the culture of that taboo. So I feel like in, in um, they drag queens, when they do it, they take it in their stride. They have yeah. to realize it's like, yeah. oh, we're going to hear things. We're going to see things. We all have to take it with a grain of salt. We have to adapt it with a bit of humor. Yeah. And y- yeah, uh, like in- tremendously good human people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Donna Kebab, actually, there was two more, Serenity Von Vada. Oh, oh, just absolutely perfect. 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 Nice human, amazing producer, amazing performer, amazing just, like, overall person, and they care Mm. so much about everyone. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. Everyone. Mm. Serenity Von Vada, and last but not least, Sassy Cassie. Camp. 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 Nothing else needs to be Sassy's, said. Sassy. Oh, so uh, we, it's like kind of the same thing that Sugar and I have, Sassy and I have. Like oh. we'll get together when we're rehearsing or doing anything and we will just, we will just lose our minds together. Mm. Like we will be just screaming at each other, doing like high kicks and just like running across the Connie stage. And we will literally just like hit this like absolute, like, <laughs> like a toddler who you've just given like, red cordial too. Hmm. That's kind of what Sassy and I are like when we're together. Sassy's a pretty amazing performer. Oh, they Mm. are so polished. Mm. So polished. Yeah. And I always look at their makeup and I'm like, oh. I was, so I've seen you perform twice. I see you did the, I saw you do the sideshow piece. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then I saw the pride performance. Yeah. Fun. And, uh, yeah, well, everyone was amazing that night. I could tell Sassy Cassie was very into herself. Oh, yeah. Night. She was uh, feeling yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Good on you, Sass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but uh, we'll head into plugs now. So mm-hmm. I'll just quickly plug my fringe show. So, guys, 27th, 10, uh, 27th of January, 10th of February, uh, and the 16th of February, myself, David Morgan Brown, Martin Darcy, Chris Pachullo, Robbie Brooks, Sadi Chalabi, and Omar. That's the full list. Uh, all of them are truly, truly amazing comics. Um, I am very honored to be sharing the stage with a lot of them. We all will also be having in some guest performers uh, on each individual nights. Uh, I'll leave that as a bit of surprise, uh, but I will share that eventually. But like, I've heard their names. They're pretty good. Um, and uh, that will be at the 21st Amendment in Leaderville. Guys, um, please come down, support local comedy. And uh, while you're about it, support any fringe show you can. Like we do it for our, uh, we do it to entertain you. Go see Matthew Pope. Go see any show you can. Go see Sensuality. Mm-hmm. It's like make a time of it. You know, fringe. You will see the fucking most bizarre shit ever. So go do it. Yeah. You know. So that is my plug. And uh, please 
like and follow the podcast on uh, Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts now as well. And I think we're on Amazon as well. But I, I'm going to get on Apple Podcasts soon as soon as I stop procrastinating. Which, <laughs> yeah, that after should be any day now. After yeah, 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 After yeah. Christmas. After that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anything you'd like to plug, Matthew? Um, sure. You can find me all of my performers, like performances and all my friend shows are on my Instagram at Matthew X Pope because someone mm-hmm. has Matthew Pope and Instagram doesn't let me have it. Um, or I know rude, right. And, or you can go on Facebook, Matthew Pope slash artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all of my fringe performances will be up on there. I'm doing seven in total, mm-hmm. which is a great time. Not my record. My record's 11 performances. Mm. Which is good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm a dickhead. Uh, Sensuality, Heaven and Hell, that opens on the 20th of Jan yeah. and goes until the 29th, and that's at the Recovite Hall. Um, some other really good ones. Carl Chaos is back with Kings of Boylesque. Um, that is at Connections on the 23rd of Jan towards the 28th of Jan. And then I'm also doing, um, if you want a family-friendly show, Outrageous, which is at the Aurora Spiegel Tent. That's by Connecticut. And that starts on the 31st. Family of friendly. Yeah. Almost. No, it is. It is. It is. It's an all ages circus show. Oh, fantastic. I don't get my hole out. Oh. Right. Which is good. Let's yeah. start. But come to Centrality and come to Kings of Boy Lesson. I actually will. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, within the licensing. Yeah. Within, the, within licensing, the licensing. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Happy Endings by Tone and Cheek, which is I'm really excited to do that show. That is on from the 3rd to the 19th of Feb. And that is at the Lottery West D. Perel Spiegel Tent. Oh, very Yeah. Nice. But that's just a couple that I have um, coming up. All the others you can find on my Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Well, guys, uh, now we come to the very last segment of the show where we name the episode now i'm a bit of a history nerd i I love all things history ancient greece ancient japan medieval history i love it i thought matthew pope pope now like i consider my conquest for comedy a bit of a crusade (laughs) now it's like what we could call the episode is by order of the pope (laughs) i love it you love it by order of the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. take it off well guys guys this has been matthew pope uh, on by order of the pope (laughs) professionally anal degenerates thank you so much matthew thank you so much for having me and we are 